You are listening to the number one Toyota truck and SUV podcast, Toyota Trucks and Trails, with discussions from restorations to racing, interviews with folks from all areas of the Toyota community, product and event reviews, and much more. We are sure to offer something for you, so sit back and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast episode 36. I am your host, Jason Hoffman, and with me as usual is your co-host, Rich LaRusso. How are you doing tonight, Rich? I'm doing great. How are you? Um, recovering, but uh, but good. <laughs> um, what's, uh, what's, what, what, what kicked your butt? Um, just... Uh, great smoky mountain trail ride and trying to uh trying to get back to uh to normal life yeah the more the more events you go to uh the 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 less you want you have the desire to return to normal life and and the harder it gets it seems yeah it's uh it's a challenge to to spend a a few days having a really good time and then having to go back to just normalcy and and uh, just work yeah yeah i'm i'm coping with the same thing man i i uh i i've had a lot going on this month but um you mentioned g smitter which uh we were both at so i'm not gonna act like you know i don't know what you're talking about but um some of our litter listeners might not uh understand what what g smitter is about um so i think we'll talk about that a little bit but um has anything been going on in your Toyota world other than G Smitter? Um, n- not too much, other than the fact that I I finally got my my Forerunner back home, and uh, was able to to work it out with uh, with a couple of people. We y- y- folks within within uh, TLCA that hang out uh, hang out on mud know what the term mud ship means. It, it's you know collaborating with other people. Uh, throughout the mud forum to get something moved from one place to another and most people make that happen with parts and and that sort of thing but uh, i managed to get it done with a whole truck so um i i I had my uh had my truck mud shipped to g smitter for me so it uh it worked out really well and then i was able to able to bring it home from there so was it was that the forerunner yep yep okay and uh so we uh <laughs> we we were not kind to that uh that forerunner at g smitter and we're going to talk about that <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed myself to uh just have just put as much work into it uh well let me rephrase that having paid to have just as, as much work done to it as i have and then take it out and abuse it the way i did but uh yeah we'll discuss that here in a little bit it was uh it was fun nonetheless so yeah yeah yeah, I've been uh, I've been recovering from uh, some of my recent travels too. I've been running all over and uh, you know um, <clears throat> trying to get caught up on on uh, projects. I, I was able to uh, last night. I, I worked into the wee hours of the night, uh, just finishing up my rear wiring project, and I'll post up some pictures of that. And really was pretty, some pretty simple stuff. But of course now I've decided to uh, plunge into the world of onboard air. So. Uh, I'll have some some stuff coming up about that in a, maybe maybe next episode or two, more like or two, I think, than the <laughs> next episode, uh, <laughs> which I haven't completed. But I'm I'm 80% there. I just need to mount a tank, and the rest of it's been done. So um, 
<clears throat> but um, had a uh, great time out at Overland Expo West in Flagstaff, Arizona, um, <clears throat> which, uh, you know, those of you who've been following on social media might have seen I was out there uh, with uh, Mark Hawley from Metal Tech 4x4 hanging out at the booth with Bakes FJ. That is, uh, that's really cool that, that, uh, that Mark wanted you to be a part of that and, and represent his, you know, or, or help represent his company and, and that sort of thing. That's, uh, that's really cool. Well, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the podcast is, is heard out on the West coast of the United States, which is something I didn't realize. Um, so what Overland X West is, or Overland Expo West is, is basically think of the world's fair in the United States. Anyway, the world's fair of, of, um, <clears throat> overlanding and it covers everything from, you know, big, big trucks to, you know, us and our little four by fours and, and people on, on two and three wheels. And by three wheels, I mean, motorcycles with sidecar, which were, you know, all the rage this year there's a there was a couple of really cool two-wheel drive sidecar sidecar motorcycles i saw but um a lot of toyota products represented there uh mostly forerunners and tacomas uh there was a couple fj cruisers i'm not i'm not leaving you guys out but what was really cool is yeah mark had invited you know me out on behalf of the podcast to hang out with bakes fj in the metal tech four by four booth he had his you know products out he's um <clears throat> was showing off the new uh prototype lx 460 front bumper and and rear swing out which is very similar to the red eye swing out if you're familiar with metal tech products so he's got some great stuff in the works and and uh we we got to see you know that stuff firsthand and and i've really acquired a new appreciation for um LX 460s and L, uh, GX 470s. So um, just when you see them built, lifted, bumpers, tires, uh, and and all the space you have, and and of course all that luxury that comes from Lexus, I, I see why a lot of people are are really interested in that platform nowadays. I think it's it's sort of a natural transition, and um, good 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 stuff. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of beautiful uh, forerunners. Uh, just set up for you know that whole overland thing we'll we'll just say it nicely like that that whole overland thing and um you know of course every vendor of every four by four product is present there uh so you, you know you get to see a lot of products up up close and in person that you only see online really rare opportunity and if you can ever get to one of the overland expos <clears throat> i strongly recommend it even if you're just a wheeler um, and you don't really, you know, get into the whole traveling and camping thing uh, or overlanding thing. It's still worth it to go there because there are products relevant to your interest. There's unique event deals. And, you know, <clears throat> uh, plus you might get, get to meet people like uh, Bakes, FJ, who uh, hanging out with for a couple of days was <laughs> um, pretty cool. I, w I wish we got to spend more time with him. Um, no, I, pardon me. I was just going to ask that, that that was going to be the lead into my my uh, next question. We've we've both had an opportunity to uh, to meet Baker um, 
in the past, but uh, I, I was curious to hear your your perspective on on getting to hang out with him a little bit for uh, for more than just a, a, a meetup, so to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, he really does uh, look like an '80s pop star uh, when he first gets up in the morning. Um, I, I, I can attest to that. Um, you know, I don't know if it was quite like Flock of Seagulls or maybe Simply Red or, you know, one of those old bands. But um, he definitely had something very 80s about him when he first woke up in the morning before he put his hat on. So uh, that was interesting. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, we had uh, basically been at the event the whole time. So a lot of times we were just interacting with people in the booth and we didn't have a lot of time for joking around except for... Uh, you know, the night when I think we were too exhausted to even, uh, you know, do much more than, you know, relax with a cold beverage and go to bed. Um, the days were certainly long and the days, the nights were very cold too for, for Flagstaff, which I, I I'm told it was unusual, unusually cold. Um, <clears throat> the very last night, uh, when, uh, my wife had, had, uh, tailed me out there. Um, she wasn't going to pass up an opportunity to go out to the southwest you know and uh it was a baker driving a rental car i think it was a saturn something or other suv uh and and my wife and i uh riding along and and uh we had uh, there was there was a fatality you know sorry for someone sorry for whoever got hurt um on on the highway and the highway was shut down so we had the bright idea of taking some back roads in Arizona and we had no idea where we were other than GPS. <laughs> so, uh, that back road ride got a little bit interesting with, with Baker driving. Um, and I feel bad for that Saturn. Um, and there was actually an opportunity where we came to a washout road and w w the, basically the three of us had to weigh the pros and cons of proceeding. <laughs> 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 and I said, well, I just want to be on my flight. They're going to charge me a lot of money because <laughs> I, I had to fly out there. There was no way I could make it from the Firestone event to this this uh, with, by driving. So uh, I ended up flying out and, and I just I had to catch my plane. So we, we erred on the safe side, but <clears throat> there's still always going to be that piece of me, you know, sitting on that back road. In the in the passenger seat next to Bakes, of us looking at that road, like, should we do it? <laughs> <laughs> no recovery gear, street tires, in in a Saturn, you know, in the middle of the night, <laughs> just just barely enough water in the middle of Arizona. I was probably playing it too safe. I'll probably always wish that we had gone down that road, uh, and that I had missed my plane. But, um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So. <clears throat> Uh, but great time. Mark Hawley from Metal Tech is is a, is a you know really really super nice guy, very friendly. Um, he had made uh, some new Metal Tech glasses up. Uh, I think if you're a Metal Tech fan, you have a Metal Tech pint glass somewhere. Well, Mark came out with the Metal Tech highball glass, which is you know for for an, a civilized adult beverage. Not that you know what you drink out of pint glasses is not civilized, but. Um, it has a 24 karat gold rim and it's nice. I actually managed to make, get one home without breaking it. And I wish I could have gotten more, but, um, <clears throat> for happy hour, which is something that all vendors are encouraged, encouraged to do is have a happy hour on one day and 
you know, serve some drinks up to people. Mark had these smoked cherries from Oregon. And I never had a smoked cherry before. I've just had those, you know, those disgusting red cherries in the <laughs> jar that, you, that the bartender, you know, throws in there uh, <clears throat> that might have a piece of lemon stuck to them or whatever. But um, <clears throat> these were smoked Oregon cherries. And uh, he made, uh, he got a good bourbon and made uh, smoked cherry Manhattans. And <clears throat> my wife, who used to be a bartender, um, stepped up and began helping Mark serve these drinks. We cranked out 160 of these drinks and the line to get into the metal tech booth was so long. It was like going into other vendor booths, which I don't think they minded because, you know, they were getting people in their booth and everybody was happy. And of course, you know, we made sure that the neighbors got a drink, but um, it, it, it really was a smash and, and we had a great time and uh, everybody was pretty happy to get their, their glass so at future events look for the metal tech highball glass um <clears throat> but that was a that's basically a short wrap-up of, of oex west um because i was in a vendor booth i didn't get to walk around and take a lot of pictures so um you know i apologize to the listeners for that but uh you know i, I did have to kind of work while i was out there ho-hum so you know uh, i had to make the best of it you know had to make the best of it it was tough it was tough but i, I had to do it well, it uh, <clears throat> making it out there is definitely on my on my bucket list, and uh, not sure not sure when it will happen, but uh, hopefully one of these days I'll get out there and, and uh, be able to experience it for myself. I've I've heard a lot about it from different people and understand that it's it's a uh, uh, definitely something that that if you're into the sport at all, that uh, it's something you want to uh, want to be able to experience. So it's absolutely. Yeah. Whether you're a wheeler or an overlander camper or whatever, um, I will throw in, though, that there is an Overland Expo East, which happens in Asheville, North Carolina. So that may be a lot more reachable uh, for folks. And I will look up the date uh, here in just a second on that. Yeah, I've, I, pardon me. I've got a lot of friends that have have attended the one in North Carolina and uh I don't think it's as big as the one in, in Flagstaff, but uh, it's no no slouch of an event either. It uh, it turns out to uh, turns out to be pretty big itself, from what I understand. Yep, um, this year it's happening September 29th to October 1st. That's in Asheville, North Carolina. And if you want more information on that, go to Overland Expo EXPO OverlandExpo.com. And then you'll see the links for west or east, or you can go to overlandexpo.com slash east if you're clever. Um, <clears throat> but that'll uh, – and that, there's pictures on there, and you can kind of get a feel for it. And they have everything from <clears> – you know, they have a vendor row, which is pretty much like a flea market, and there's always special event pricing. So save up your money to go shopping. Um, you can definitely get some great deals that way. There's also, you know, seminars and training the, the uh, training from everything from, you know, off-road driving and recovery all the way over to cooking and things you can <laughs> cook while you're camping, you know, recipe ideas if you want to get all gourmet about stuff, um, you know, or, you know, like Jason and I who cut up hot dogs and mix it with a can of beans and, and we think we're chefs. That's, um, that's me. <laughs> that's us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually like Franks and beans. I, was, I 
you know, sometimes get a craving. But if you want to make creme brulee while you're out there, you can also do that. <laughs> so, um, so that yeah, there's there's definitely something for everyone, um, and and it, it covers all facets, and and they strive to make it that way. So, great event to um, so that's Overland Expo East that's happening in Asheville, North Carolina, September 29th to October 1st uh, at we here at the podcast have no dog in the fight. We have, you know, we have no reason to advertise this event. We're certainly not getting um, paid to do it, <laughs> although maybe we should be. But uh, it, it was just so much fun. I, I have to recommend it to folks. I, I think that it's something good for everyone. Yeah. Uh, like I said, um, chances are better of me making it to uh, to uh, OEX East, but. Uh, I, I still still want to make it out to Flagstaff. That that is the uh, you know that's the the OG event. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's mind-blowingly huge. It's just huge, huge. It's hugely. But uh, glad you had a good time. And like I said, it's it's really cool that Mark Mark invited you out there and and was able to uh, to get it all together and and that you got to go. I'm. Uh, I told you last episode, I'm, I'm envious of all the cool stuff you've got to do the past month. So, yeah, good on you, buddy. Well, thanks. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, and I went out there with, I thought, you know, like 250 or I'm, I'm not even sure because I didn't make an accurate count. But I, I took a, a whole stack of uh, podcast cards. We have our little business cards here uh, for our listeners that never got one we have our own little business cards that we hand out to people to you know come check out our podcast and some actually do because uh, when I was out there um, you know I met a guy who said yeah we we just heard about your podcast and we were listening to all the episodes on the way here and he was driving out from somewhere so he was stuck with us for a few hours and then of course he had to meet me in person so you know he's a he's a strong guy <laughs> but it was really cool you know and he wasn't the only one um that i you know had met and and you know i there's a couple of people i w i talked to and i said you know oh i happen to you know have a toyota podcast you know here's a card check it out if you're into that and they're like oh yeah we already listened to you <laughs> and they're like that's you and i'm like yeah yeah that's i'm i'm one of those guys and they're like whoa you know and and it, it, that was kind of pretty cool i i wasn't expecting that you know at all just wasn't expecting anything like that gave away all my cards my 250 cards on the first day <laughs> so after that i'm like writing stuff down on paper for people um <laughs> to help get the word out there so i learned a little bit about you know how many business cards you need to bring with you to an event and uh that i probably have to get some more printed but i was just shocked at, at you know how interested people were and you know that i was running into people that already listened to us and it's just mind-blowing i never in a million years expected anything like that i thought it was the coolest and thanks to everyone who who you know if, if you're still listening after meeting me <laughs> um <laughs> uh you know who came out and 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 you know did that or if we just met by chance i just that that impressed me and, and i'm super thankful for that well it again <clears throat> pardon me again it's it's very cool that uh that you were able to take part in that and, and uh not uh not just get word out about about the podcast but to be able to to uh to bring a little bit of the experience back to the listeners and and uh share with them how 
how cool the event is and that kind of stuff. So, um, <clears throat> but speaking of events, uh, I guess we should lead into uh, the event I hopped to a week after that. <laughs> yeah, you had a you had some some busy travels there, all the way across the country, all the way back, and then halfway back across the country again to make it to uh, to make it to Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride. But uh, we were uh, glad you were able to make it down anyway. Um, I, I had a great time. Uh, you know, Windrock Park is 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 a great time. I, I think any event happening there is great. But I think the what um, was different about this event was just the feel of you know the whole event um, compared to other events, <clears throat> which was not many um, that I've been to uh, in that region. Um, but but you know uh, a TLCA event is great because you know that you're going to have a really strong organized staff you're going to have people really focused on making the event the best it can possibly be i was made very welcome at uh g smitter everyone was friendly i definitely left with a few new friends uh, without a doubt and and <clears throat> had a good time and even though my stay was short um i see why you know it is a week-long event and i see why people have been going to this event for 26 years and you're part of the committee that puts this event together right jason yes yes so tell us a little bit of, now okay let's back up a little bit g smitter which we always assume everyone knows what it is it is the great smoky mountain trail ride and you've you know our listeners have probably heard of this before um it's an event that's been going on for 26 years. It is a Toyota Land Cruiser Association event. So think about that, folks. 26 years. Probably one of the, is it one of the or the oldest, Jason? Um, I, I don't want to misspeak, but I believe it is the oldest Toyota event east of the Mississippi River. Um, okay. If, if I'm wrong on that, uh, I apologize, but uh, I, I believe that is the case. Okay, so this is an event that has been 26 years in the making of nothing but Toyotas. Well, I'm sure they let a few oddballs sneak in, but we're not going to talk about them. Um, so that legacy is there. Um, that that club, S STLCA, which is Southeast Toyota Land Cruiser Association, Correct. has been working on this for you know, event every year for 26 years. There's something to be said for the passion and dedication of a group of people who love a vehicle that much, you know, just to keep that event going. My little event, I'm happy I got through, you know, the last few years as president and, and you know, with previous presidents, it, it had been going on for 10 years. And I just think that's some kind of milestone. And then I see you guys and you're like 26 years and I'm like, we're not worthy, you know. That's over two and a half times as long as our event's been going on. So I, I just think that's super impressive in the dedication. Um, I, now, do you have many members that have been a part of this for all twenty six years? Um, a, a handful. Um, yeah, I would it, imagine it it tapered off a little. Yeah, I, I think there's five or six guys left that have have ma managed to make the majority of of the events. Um, over the years and 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 like you say you know with with a span of 26 years there are are you know hundreds of, of members that have came and gone 
and uh, there's there's still a small small core group that that have been to uh, at least to the majority of them anyway. So, but still, that's that's no small feat. I mean, you've really got um, you know a, a thing going, and you know, Windrock Park, of course, isn't a venue that lets anyone down. Um, you, you know, you've got beautiful scenery, you've got great trails. Uh, now we didn't get to spend a lot of trail time. Um, but, um, well, let's back up a little bit and, and look at it. Like, so you're, what is your role in the event organizing committee? Um, this year we, we divided things up a little bit, um, and, and tried to take some load off of, uh, the, the one individual that's been, been kind of handling things for years. And we divide it up into in, into a few separate uh, parts of a committee. But the, 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 the area that I worked in was uh, the, the raffle committee, just uh, trying to get raffle prizes and, and uh, just sort of handling, handling that side of it. And I didn't do that single-handedly. There was uh, four or five of us on, on that side of the – pardon me, on that side of the committee, so – is there is there anyone of uh, notable mention you'd like to give a shout out or a thank you to? A- absolutely, uh, Jamie Murphy, um, Andy Scott, uh, and my wife Regina um, definitely carried carried the bulk of that load. Um, the between them, they 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 did a fantastic job of of getting stuff together, and uh, I definitely don't want to. Uh, don't want to take a chance of insulting anybody in the past, but I, I believe this is probably the best raffle that we've had at, at Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride, at least since I've been been attending the event. And again, that's no no diss towards towards the the guy that's handled it in the past, but uh, I experienced firsthand what what these folks put into it this year, and to to see the outcome was uh, was really impressive. So. Yeah, your raffle definitely was impressive. I I, uh, <clears throat> I I understand how hard it is to to basically beg vendors for prizes and 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 get something. And I don't know what your dollar amount is, and 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 that's none of my business. But I could definitely say it was on par because I know what that much raffle stuff <laughs> looks like. And and uh, <clears throat> you guys did a great job too of keeping the raffle moving because um, you know sometimes these when you do have a lot of great prizes the raffles tend to run long sure you know sure um everyone wants to everyone's been on the trail all day in the heat and they want to go home or they've got you know kids tugging at their at their their pant legs you know to go home so you guys did a great job of keeping that raffle moving and heck i even won something that's right so that's right yeah um so i i was i was pretty happy too you know especially when i win um but if i don't win you know i don't mind helping you know uh you know, I keep my attitude sane because, you know, a raffle's a gamble. You're gambling, but what you've paid for raffle tickets is going to a cause, and that cause is what is most important. Um, and I hope you guys met whatever goals you had uh, for your, whether it's going to the club or whatever. But, uh, oh, we're sidetracked again. So for you, as an part of the event committee what was were, were how many days were you there when did when did you first arrive um i, I got uh i got to winrock wednesday night um just about in time to go to bed um so now it's a week it's sorry to cut you off but it's a week-long event right? yes correct correct oh so you were late 
Um, technically, <laughs> yes, yes. But I'm teasing. I'm teasing the, the, the point that I kept make, trying to make to the other the other committee members was I actually said I wouldn't be there till Thursday. So I was actually there a day early. So um, I, I, I was somewhat proud of myself in that aspect. But uh, to, So to, these folks work from a Monday to a Sunday on this event? Yes, yes. And have for the last 26 years? Uh, many of them, yes. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. And that's a lot of work. Uh, to, to put it mildly, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, in perspective, my, my events just, you know, two to three days, depending on how you look at it, maybe four. Um, and that, that just takes all the life out of me. So I couldn't even imagine a week. That, that just must be insane. Um, that, that, that is the full reason for kind of dividing things up this year and, and trying to, uh, trying to take the load off a few people or, or redistribute the load rather. So was one person or just a a couple of people, you know, in previous years running things for the entire week for, for several years in the past? Yes. Wow. (laughs) And are these people still with us? Yes. (laughs) Yes. They're still among the living. Yes. <laughs> and they're not in a clinic somewhere or uh, uh, the insane asylum. Maybe um, maybe a little grumpier for for uh, for the time just because of having to deal with it. But uh, yeah, yep, still a part of it. Wow, that's that's impressive. That that's no small feat there. Um, so okay, you arrive Wednesday. Was it day or night? Well, it doesn't matter. But you arrive on Wednesday. So how does as someone on the event committee, how does your day start? Um, my, my first, first day was, was Thursday. And because there were several other committee members that, that had been there, uh, from, from Saturday or Sunday, you know, previously and, and done the setup and that kind of stuff and, and kind of worked the event, um, the first few few days that, that I was not there. Um, I was, uh, I was put in the position of doing doing registration for the day, so for me it was pretty much just uh, just hanging around camp and and uh, it was super busy. Obviously, first thing in the morning, people trying to get registered and that kind of stuff, and then it it sort of tapered off midday, and uh, I just kind of sat around and twiddled my thumbs and uh, just chatted to whoever was there. Um, I had a really, pardon me, I had a really nice conversation with a gentleman from Florida that uh, had just been, he had a a first-gen forerunner that he had done a 3-4 swap in and was just kind of uh, traveling around the country and heard about the event and uh, decided to stop in and and check it out and see what it was was about and ended up staying for the whole week. Um, He... uh, openly admitted he wasn't wasn't a big wheeler he was was more the type of guy that just likes to go out and travel and that kind of stuff but uh it was it was very cool to uh to sit down and visit with him for a little bit and had i uh, been thinking it would have been a a really cool interview to add to the show but uh, i didn't get any of it captured but uh it was uh, a very nice conversation but uh, then again later on you know towards evening um more people started started rolling in, and uh, so you know registration picked up again towards the evening. And I, I have to preface by saying, when when I stepped out of my motorhome um, Thursday morning, uh, it was mind-boggling to me to see how full 
the uh, the camping area was already when I when I showed up Wednesday night it was dark and and I couldn't really see anything but uh, it, it just blew me away to see how many people were already already there uh, Thursday morning you know how many people we already had in it in attendance and uh, it was just a, a really nice feeling to 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 feel like it was going to be a, a good event and just just wanted to add that quick and and then thursday night led into uh we had a a a uh, a hot dog cookout the the club supplied supplied hot dogs and build a build a bonfire and everybody just kind of kind of cooked their dogs over an open fire and and um, wait 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 was it was it a weenie roast it was a weenie roast <laughs> so you guys had a weenie roast okay i i'm just you know i'm not letting that go that's that's going the way of pickle gulch at this point so i just just a heads up that weenie roast is my new thing so well go ahead proceed when, when that was first discussed i wasn't for sure how well it was going to work and uh I, I guess there was mixed reviews on it um but uh for the most part, I think everybody was was pretty much content with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I think um, it's it's a matter of managing expectations because it sounds like what you're what the goal of the weenie roast <laughs> what what the goal of the weenie roast was was to sort of gather everybody together. That was it exactly. That was it yeah. exactly. So, and 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 that's awesome because what who the heck goes wheeling alone right you don't go to a wheeling event to sit in your camp you go to hang out with everybody at least that's that's what i do sure um although i do find i probably end up you know just talking to the same few people all the time because we're old and slow and by the time you know three or four jokes are told it's time for bed right um So, all right. So that was, uh, that sounded pretty cool. And, and actually I was talking with Steve Springs and he was talking about how much he enjoyed, uh, the weenies. <laughs> so, um, pardon me. Um, so, you know, I, I, I apparently it was a big su- success because, you know, um, Steve Springs is a, is a big fan of weenies, Yes, but he hasn't been, to, he hasn't been to pickle gulch. Well, that's, uh, I'm sure he'll get out there at some point. The, the guy gets around, so. Yeah, I, I think he's a good fit for for Pickle Gulch. And he could have a weenie roast at Pickle Gulch. I mean, what is the irony in that? But anyway, let's let's continue. Uh, so Friday, um, when did I get there? Did I get there? I got uh, there Friday at fr- some fr- point, Friday I? afternoon. And, yeah, uh, it's all a blur for me, so you're going to have to tell me what I did. What, what you did, okay. <laughs> well, uh, Friday I was... Uh, I have never had a problem at, at Great Great Smoky Mountain Trail Rider at G Smitter um, working with uh, working with the club or the event uh, doing doing trail rides. But I've I've always just tailgunned for people, um, mainly because I've always tailgunned for people, and I don't know my way around very well. I just I know a few few trails. You you probably gathered that from our our trail ride that we tried doing last year, but. Uh, uh, the one where we almost killed those children. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I was asked if I would would please lead a trail ride. They were were scrambling to find, you know, to to find trail leaders. So I, I told one of the other committee members that knows the park park far better than I do. Um, if you lay out a, a group of trails for me to to take people out on, I'd be more than happy to do it. So 
he he sat down quick and and went over the map and and wrote me down some directions and and what trails to take and and that sort of thing which i greatly appreciate but uh I headed out on the trail Friday morning with a group of 14 people, or 14 trucks, pardon me. And uh, for a guy that's never never led a, a, a trail ride before, um, that in itself was, was somewhat intimidating. But uh, I, I, I'll take another second here to, to give a shout out to a few people that were on that, that, uh, that ride with me. Tone Sutherland, uh, Jacob French, um, Hunter, you guys were lifesavers in kind of helping keep everybody organized and, and keeping everything moving. Um, I didn't, uh, I may have been the truck at the, at the front of the group, but I, I definitely didn't do all the leading. Those, those guys all played a, a big role in, in keeping everybody going and, and uh, making sure that we were, we were on the trails that we were supposed to be. Um, I'm sure that uh, the fact that I missed the first turn onto the first trail will not soon be forgotten by by the folks that were there, and everybody had to back up and turn around and go back. So, but uh, um, how many trucks did you have in your group? Fourteen. Oh wow, that's that's a sizable group. Big big group, big group. Um, started out with fourteen, came back with four. So. Um, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's actually a, 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 a not a terribly exciting story. We uh, the, the the guy that had had given me the directions for for the uh, the trails to take had even taken the time to to point out a really good spot to uh, to stop and do lunch. So, just before we got to got to this spot, um, our our buddy Hunter. Uh, who, who was at your event, um, Hunter, a few months ago, had picked up an 80 series land cruiser and, uh, you know, he's been, been wheeling his BJ 40 for years, but he, he wanted to bring this, this 80 series that he got to, uh, to G Smitter this year. And he started out tailgunning this group for me and, and somehow he wound up kind of in the middle of the group, but that that's neither here nor there, but we had, uh, <laughs> We had stopped at one point, and Hunter was having a little bit of trouble with his with his eighty overheating on him a little bit, and he decided he would. It wasn't uh, wasn't severe enough to, uh, you know, to, to to stop and go back or anything. And uh, at, at another point down the trail, we had stopped again, and just sitting there for a few minutes, uh, the. Uh, the radiator and Hunter's 80 decided to give up on him. So, uh, I lost, lost one truck there due due to breakdown, but, uh, two other guys, uh, two other rigs, one, one helped him get turned around and, and pulled him back to a, to a gravel road. And Hunter had passengers with him. So two trucks left with him and his passengers to take them back to camp. So, I, I lost three trucks just just over over Hunter's radiator, and uh, <laughs> we got to uh, we got to the spot where we were going to stop and, and and do lunch, and the plan was to to turn around at that point and go back and catch another another trail, and the the trail actually went on from there, but it turned into a black trail, and. 
in looking back, all of us probably could have made it through the Black Trail, but there were a handful of guys that, that were were equipped enough to uh, to definitely attempt um, anything that might be in front of them, and uh, they wanted to to try something a little bit more challenging and and than what we had done so far through the day. So they decided to go ahead uh, from where we stopped and ate lunch and and do the the sh- short section of this Black Trail before they. They turned around, and come back, and the, the rest of us we kind of uh, we decided to 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 follow the the uh, the directions that had been given to me earlier in the day, or for the most part anyway. And uh, so we turned around at that point, but I I, I lost another uh, three or four trucks there, and uh, so it wasn't due to breakdown or anybody getting lost or anything like that. It was it was uh, people wanting to to branch off and do different things but uh every, everybody eventually made it back to camp or, or i assume they did anyway because i i believe that i seen everybody at some point back at camp so so uh, jason what i had heard second or third hands was that uh hunter's radiator uh failure was uh violent and loud uh is is that true um he, he was a few trucks back for me and and kind of down the hill um I didn't exactly hear it, but after looking at the after effects, um, yes, it was a rather violent explosion. <laughs> and uh, so, okay, so how did he um, how did he manage to get off the trail? Uh, like I said, a, a couple of trucks that were at the back of the pack. I don't remember exactly who it was at, at the moment, but uh, they got him got him turned around, and and thankfully we weren't at that point. We weren't too terribly far. Uh, past one of the gravel uh connector roads at uh at winrock so they didn't didn't have to tow him too far and then he uh uh those guys gave him a ride back to camp and and uh he had trailered his his 80 up there so he went and got his pickup and and uh, a trailer happened to be my trailer but that's that's irrelevant but uh he he got a pickup and trailer and and went uh Drove clear back across the park on on gravel roads and and got it loaded up and hauled back to camp. Well, it sounds like uh, it sounds like that ended pretty painlessly. I'm sure uh, getting that uh, bill for a new radiator was uh, wasn't painless, but uh, um, you know, it sounds like uh, you guys got it wrapped up pretty easily then. Yeah, it it, it wasn't uh, wasn't as bad as it could have been. Thankfully, like I said, thankfully we weren't too far off a of gravel road and and. Uh, didn't have to uh didn't have to him too far so well that's good um and so that wrapped up friday and i think i think by then i was i was there and i had some troubles uh i had some some issues getting uh you know uh down to uh to the event and and for a second was questioning if i was even going to make it but then i i got my my uh, issues resolved <laughs> so um i i think i ended up finally rolling in uh, had to be 12 one o'clock in the afternoon and you were already out on the trail when i got there yeah um i was uh, you had sent me a few text messages and and i would get just enough service on the trail to to get the text messages that you sent me but not enough service to send anything back so i i felt bad that i wasn't able to uh wasn't able to communicate with you but um yeah we we got back from the trail ride uh just in time for uh 
for you and Steve Springs to hit me up and ask me if I wanted to ride along to go recover another truck that had broke down on another trail ride. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Um, um, because when I had pulled in, everyone was out on the trails, and uh, just the the vendor area uh, had had a couple of people hanging around, uh, which was Jeff Oliver and his his wife uh, from highland expedition outfitters who makes those great trailers and tents and stuff and uh our good buddy steve springs who was hanging out with um what was the young man's name from southeast overland that was hanging out with steve uh, springs. it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't justin uh justin was the one with him up at your event i don't remember this this kid's name no no he had jeff with him i think this was Justin. <laughs> oh okay did i get him did i get him backwards okay i think right. but that's okay because uh now we can say we actually remembered his name um, no, he, he was he was a great guy, and I'm sorry I messed his name up. But um, they were they were hanging out, and Steve had said, "Hey, there's a a forerunner in need of recovery. Do you do you want to take my tow rig up and and we'll go get it? Um, we're just waiting for directions or waiting for a location on where to go pick it up." I said, "Yeah, sure." And uh, came to find out, someone had hydrolocked a pretty new forerunner. What was it a? Was it a fifth? It was a fifth it, gen. It was I think a fifth gen, but it was the the early fifth gen, so it was 08, 09, uh, something like that, because it still had the old style bumper on it. So, okay, um, but uh, yeah, so sad story, and and uh, we were gonna go get it, and then you rolled in the parking lot, and it became, Jason, let's go pick up this four. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next thing you know, it was it was uh, yourself and Steve Springs and 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 me. Um, you know, loaded up, uh, eating a bag of pecans <laughs> or pecans, depending on where you're from, um, <clears throat> on, on our way up this, this, I don't even know how to describe that mountain with switchbacks on it. I, some of those corners, I don't know how we, how we did it even with the trailer, but, um, Steve's truck is, is pretty, pretty powerful that, that thing's got dualies in the back and we got up there and, and. Um, we loaded the forerunner up uh, pretty easily and uh, tied it down. But um, the the gentleman driving it uh, was his name Jorge. Uh, yes, yes, that was Jorge, and uh, super nice guy. But uh, you know, bad day, of course. Um, I think he he had no snorkel and he took on a mud pit, and um, the mud pit won. And uh, you know these these one gf g these one GRFEs uh, engines, you know, they don't take hydrolocking gracefully at all. You don't just pull out the plugs, dry it out, and get it to crank over. They they tend to bend cranks and you know break things uh, more than more so than other engines. I haven't heard too many uh, hydrolock stories on a one GRFE that didn't end with a, a block replacement. Um, in fact, I don't think I've heard of any of anybody salvaging them. But hey, you never know. Uh, maybe they're out there, and I just never heard of it. So. Um, so needless to say, we easily, pretty easily got it on the trailer and tied it down and, and, um, brought it back to camp. Uh, and I think we made a funny little video while we were doing that. Well, because Steve was too busy watching chickens to watch the road. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so we got back into camp and then the evening festivities begun. Yeah. Fr Friday night is, it, it was kind of the first big night of the event, um, the uh the club stlca we did a uh, we did something a little bit different this year um we had a bunch of pizzas delivered from uh oh good lord papa john's was it 
I believe. Yep. Um, anyhow, <laughs> we, we, we had a big, uh, big pizza feast and then, uh, then the band and, and just, uh, just some, some, uh, good old fashioned, just hanging around, uh, hanging around the pavilion, uh, kind of night. Um, the band this year, uh, they, they were, they were a good tight band. Um, I, I have to admit not, uh, not as an insult to them, but, uh, I, I didn't recognize a lot of what they were, what they were playing, but, uh, but a good band nonetheless. What what was, you said that you you're not, uh, not terribly familiar with having bands at, at events, Rich. What what was what was your take on on, just the idea of the band at the event? Well, uh, the idea of having a band, I, I think it was great because it sort of kept everyone um, gathered together and entertained. Um, of course, the issue with that is uh, some people just don't want you know, live music and they just want to sort of, uh, hang out in their circle of friends and, 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 uh, tell bathroom jokes, which is, which is fine, you know, and I think the event was large enough to accommodate all of that. No one was forced to sit there. Um, and, and the people who were engaged by the band were there and, and enjoying it. So I, I think, it, I think it was really uh, a good idea. You know, of course up North, I don't think, I don't think a band would go over as well as a DJ would. <laughs> But, uh, you know, apples and oranges. The, the point is, is that you had a central area where uh, people were entertained and, and they were, you know, again, encouraged to uh, be together in, in one spot. And, and I think that that's very important. That was that was kind of the 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 goal. Um, and I need to it, something just hit me and I need to back up um, the uh, Thursday night. Um, they. uh the activities committee had, had put together some activities and, and they had a cornhole tournament, uh, Thursday night. And I, I completely, uh, completely missed the cornhole tournament for some reason or another, uh, not only in this conversation, but when it was actually going on, I don't remember now what I was doing that I wasn't present for it, but, uh, I got there just as, as the last two teams were competing to see who, to see who won. So, but, uh, from, from talking to everybody and, and that was involved and, and that was at the, the pavilion while that was going on, it uh, it seemed like it was a, a pretty big hit in itself, and that uh, that people really liked it. And again, it was it was just a, a way to to try to keep people in one central area and and uh, give them something to do to uh, to find some entertainment. So. Yeah, and it and it was successful. So I, I think it uh, it was it was it was good. And and again, you know, different for me. We we don't usually have that. I believe the entertainment, um, you know, at, at our event is you know whoever's running around with no pants on. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, all that aside, you know, you guys created a, also you know something that that was accessible. To, to everyone you know um, not everyone um is you know wants to hang around and drink beer or you know whatever so you you, you accommodated uh, those folks as well which is which is nice to see it was very well-rounded in that regard uh, i had a good time you know um and uh 
<clears throat> you know, the, the bands, you know, just want to say great job to them. And, and uh, I'm sorry we didn't get your name, but we, we had our own things going on. <laughs> so we were, we, I don't even remember what we were doing. We were sitting over in a corner with somebody and laughing about something, and, and, and that went on for hours. So Well, I, I believe uh, Friday night, be, between the group that was, was with us, I, I, I want to say that we pretty much bought Steve Springs out of ARB lawn chairs. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I'm not. I don't remember who bought the first one. Maybe it was you, but uh, it seemed like within a matter of minutes we went from a bunch of cheap dollar store lawn chairs to all of a sudden there was, I don't remember, four or five ARB lawn chairs suddenly appeared. So, yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> the. You know what's funny is, um, I, yeah, I had forgotten to pack up a, a chair, uh, of all things, uh, when I left. So I, I love the ARB chairs. I, I always wanted one, and um, Steve Steve Springs had one over there that said Airlocker on it. And I said, well, that's cooler than just an ARB chair. I, I, I'm going to get that one. And when, um, <clears throat> of course, then I realized after the fact oh, I probably should have gotten a ch- an ARB chair for, for my wife because when I came home with the chair, I had to explain why I didn't come home with two of them. But um, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever run into this yes, problem? Yes, many, many times, many times. I, I forget sometimes that I need to buy things in pairs. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, um, and, then, and then your wife had a, a chair that was broken. <laughs> and then <laughs> she she was basically begging you to buy her a chair at that point and then um not that you were refusing um but <laughs> but but she was working on it so <laughs> she was working you uh for that chair uh and then of course uh, Steve gave her a, a discount uh on on a used chair which meant that he'd been farting in it all day well she she's exceptionally proud of the fact that she got steve's personal chair she got his she's i think she said he was going to sign it and i i'm with you i'm not sure that getting steve's personal chair is such a great thing but that's i don't see that as an upgrade she you know? uh she was happy with it so that that's uh that's all that matters <laughs> And then, right, and then someone else saw us with our two new fancy ARB airlocker chairs, and um, I think it was uh, um, Andy's wife, Lee, or was Lee. it Andy? Andy went and bought it, but Lee took Andy. it. Lee took but it over Lee after <laughs> after Andy went and bought it. So. Right. so, so then, right, Andy, Andy Scott, uh, was it Andy Scott or Andy Ridge? Andy, Andy Scott. Scott. Andy Scott. I'm sorry, I get my Andy's confused, but I think our listeners don't, aren't aware of this. But I think about 50% of the members, uh, male members of uh, STLCA, are named Andy. I don't know if you know they knew that. But, if you if you um, if if you check out STL's uh, STLCA's Facebook page, there is actually a picture of all the Andys with a caption that says Andy is enjoying G Smitter. So, <laughs> And I don't remember how many of them there was, but there was a bunch in the pictures. So. It was a, it was a group photo. Yes. For sure. <laughs> well, at any, at any rate, so right, so Andy got a chair, and of course his was used. So not only did I get the only chair that wasn't used, I also got the most expensive chair. Neglected to get my wife a chair, and then, yeah, we we ended up buying all of the chairs. So, um, but they are I, I 
you know what people say oh it's just a chair those arv chairs are pretty comfortable. yeah there there is something to be said for them they're they're yeah. comfortable and and very well built so yeah yep yep and so we'll see if they survive me who tends to back over them and you know drop them and hey eh, but um someday so someday maybe up. i'll get one of my own <laughs> maybe regina will let you use hers so you can you know test drive it and see don't, if you don't, make don't the, count make on it test. don't count on it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know and maybe you can just sneak it out when she's asleep one day that might happen that might happen um so that wrapped up friday night i think uh I don't. I, oh, I think I actually ended up sleeping under Southeast Overland's uh, awning. You know, I told him I would watch the stuff. Uh, in reality, when he went away, I just backed up my truck and started just throwing stuff in the back. Uh, Steve that hasn't found it found sounds, out yet. Sounds like a good plan. Sounds like a yeah. good plan. So I'm having a sale on soft shackles. I tell you. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> just kidding, Steve. Just kidding. So, uh, yeah, I just crashed out of my tent and you went in your camper and, and, and got a, we got uh, some resemblance of a, of, uh, of a night's sleep. And then the next day, that's when the fun starts. Absolutely. I'll let you, I'll let you run with this one. Okay. Well, the, <laughs> since uh, it was your truck, we beat the sh- snot out. <laughs> the, uh, I, the activities committee this year in in years past um it's it's been several years since they've since they've done it but in in years past the activities committee had done a uh, a blindfold drivers race and <laughs> to uh just to add something back to the event um they they brought that back this year and it it's the first time they've had it since since I've been attending the event and in all honesty I I I knew it was happening, and I, I planned on going and watching it and that kind of stuff, but I, I hadn't put put much more thought into it than that until Rich told me that he had signed up for it and wanted me to uh, to be his navigator. So um, that uh, that kind of sparked my interest a little bit, because like I said, I, I, I hadn't put any thought into it. So, uh, it, And... and- and boy, what an epic fail my run around that track was. Well, I, just I, I, I was just I was just going to say that this takes place in stages because there's there's a few funny stories here, but but they happen in <laughs> stages. So, um, Rich, I'll, I'll let you take the first stage and then I'll I'll round it out a little bit. Um, well, OK, so I had signed up for the um, <clears throat> for for the blindfolded race. Now, there was a sign up board. And uh, Morgan Lytle or Little? I always call her Little. Is it actually Lytle? I think it's Lytle. I think it's Morgan, she'll straighten me out if I got it wrong. Right. But um, so she had mentioned it, and I said, oh, blindfolded race. I got to have a part of that. So I signed up, and then, you know, it looked like we were the only two going. So the next morning I went, uh, and, you know, you were there too, um, and got ready. So... You know, I don't I don't travel without, uh, you know, my horse's mask, you know, those those rubber horses masks. And uh, it turns out someone else brought one, too. I think it was Hunter. Hunter brought one. Yeah. <laughs> Hunter had <laughs> what is what were the odds of that? Of course, the two of us couldn't be found wearing them at the same time. But um, <clears throat> so I figured, OK, you know, I'll wear my horse's mask uh, during during the 
blindfolded race. Um, but they actually give you a blindfold, which is actually goggles that are blacked out and, uh, you know, like swimming goggles. So they really cover your eyes. And, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, Jason got in a uh, passenger seat and, and he's ready to guide me through the course. And, <clears throat> um, I'm looking through the course. It's a pretty easy course. I don't know why I chose four low. I don't know what I was thinking, uh, you know, how in a race four low would be a transfer case setting that I would want. But for some reason I had it in my head that that was what I wanted. So, um, well, I put my goggles on, I put my horse's mask on and it was hot in that mask. Um, so I can't see anything and I, you know, my, my senses are, you know, even worse because I can't hear that well as, <laughs> so, um, you know, they, they count down and they tell us to go and me and four low, I'm hearing the RPMs in my truck. And of course we're moving. I, did we break five miles an hour in the rain? Um, if we did, I would be surprised. <laughs> Maybe on one of those downhill parts. So, right, with, with, with gears and four low, it was just a bad choice. I couldn't feel it. And Jason's just like, go, go. <laughs> I remember you yelling at me to go. And I'm thinking to myself, what? It's going. I feel it going. <laughs> <laughs> and, and looking back, we did horrible. I think it must have taken us about four minutes to do the course. And, and people were doing the course in under two minutes. Okay. <laughs> so, and uh, everybody was making fun of me, but who cares? We, we had a ball and, and uh, we made it through the course. The funny thing was, is that <clears throat> even though I was driving horribly, um, because the, you know, low speed, we still knocked over two cones and we're no, just, no, we just, seconds. just got one cone. We just got oh, one cone in your truck. It was one. Yep. No, just, no. Cause, oh, all right. No, we just got one. one in yours. And that was like 30 seconds or 15 seconds. 15, they had to 15 every, seconds. Yep. 15 seconds for every cone you knocked over. So needless to say, we did terrible in with me driving and, and, you know, I'm not going to, Jason, you didn't do anything wrong. Okay. You should have just made me stop switching to four high and proceeded. And we still would have taken two minutes off. Of our time. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, who cares? It was all for fun. And I don't know. There was a prize, I think, but I, I don't even, we didn't really care. No. So, I... um, so, yeah, needless to say, our race was lame. We sucked. We, we probably had the highest time of anybody. I think there was only one person who went slower than we did. Um, well, actually, well, we'll get to that. But um, <laughs> um, so then, uh, so our turn was up and it was ready for the next contestant and some other people ran. And then I'll let you take over from here because this is where it gets hilarious. Well, I, I, I want to add that, that sometime between your run and the next one that we'll talk about, uh, my, my wife and my youngest son decided to, uh, decided to take my FJ cruiser and, and run it through with, uh, with my son driving and, and my wife navigating. And I just want to, want to give them a shout out quick. They, they did a really good job for, for, uh, a, uh, mom and, and, and son team communicating with each other. Uh, again, not a terribly fast time, but, but it was, uh, it was nice to see, see them get out and, and be able to, uh, be able to enjoy themselves. So 
Um, and they they didn't hit one cone, as no, I recall. No, they 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 made it clear through it with the, without hitting anything. So that was uh, that was really cool. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> I I'm going to use some wording here, Rich, that that uh, is going to sound unflattering, but <laughs> I I mean it in the best possible way. Um, it, it's okay. It's okay. I was there. I. I know how unflattering this can get. <laughs> we, uh, I, I decided that that I enjoyed riding with Rich so much that uh, that I wanted to try it for my try it for myself. And in an attempt to uh, to redeem Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast, um, <laughs> I was uh, I was bound and determined to uh, to make a show and even though it turned into more of a show than I had initially uh, <laughs> intended. Um, it was the best show. <laughs> <laughs> from, from, from what I understand, it was, it was pretty cool to watch. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> nobody got any video of it, and so I just that, had to, had to imagine cool. what, uh, what things looked like. But um, when when we got out and we found out no one had gotten video of what we did, I I, I was heartbroken. I was crushed. It, uh, it, it, it was a hard start to the day. I, I, I was right there with you. Um, but but I think the reason no one got any video and our listeners are probably wondering what happened, what happened while well, we're getting there. I think the reason there was no video is because everyone was in shock. <laughs> what we what we were doing and what we had done <laughs> well another reason and and the one guy that was was shooting video told told me this straight out he he said jason i wasn't wasn't too worried about getting video of you because you were the last person i would have expected that out of so um <laughs> they they everybody figured it was going to be uh it was going to be a fairly fairly tame run through the course and uh Rich, in all reality, you you do a better job of of uh, painting a colorful picture than I do, and you were the one that could see what was going on. So, um, and and thirdly, I'm anxious to get your perspective of how what you were thinking while it was transpiring. So, just go ahead and tell the listeners how our run and my forerunner went. Okay. Um. Well, first of all, I wish we could do it all over again because it was so much fun. Uh, <clears throat> I sat down in the truck with Jason. They blindfolded him. And Jason and I had previously gone over our our quote-unquote strategy, and that was we would make micro-movements. If I said to turn the wheel, he would hold the wheel in that, that way and not straighten it back out until I told him. Um, <clears throat> so you know a sounds a sounds plan you know and 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 that was probably the best approach however what i didn't expect and what jason didn't warn me about is that when the uh referee what was what, what do you call that guy what is the what is his timer i guess start the, start stop when, guy. right when the guy keeping track of the race told us to go what i didn't plan on was that we'd be in fourth gear before the first turn. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jason took off like, let me try and 
Have you ever seen the old Roadrunner cartoons? (laughs) (laughs) You took off like I was like, okay, it's going to go down like that. All right, I'm I'm good. But what ended up happening was we were going so fast, I couldn't tell you how to change course and correct course fast enough. (laughs) And I was so busy telling you when to change course and when to correct course that I couldn't tell you to slow down. So we never slowed down through the whole course. Uh, At the end, not at the end, the, the second to the last obstacle in the course is this hump. What do you just say? It's about two feet high. About that. Yeah. That's sound about right. Um, and it's, it's just a big gravel speed bump about two feet high. Um, I believe we were doing about 65 when we hit it, (laughs) but I could be wrong. It might've been more like 35, but whatever speed we hit it at, both front wheels came up off the ground and I was too busy hanging on for my life at that point. Um, I think the back wheels may have come off the ground you know, but I don't think we had all four off the ground at the same time, if that makes any sense. Um, but we went up over that hump and (laughs) all I could see was first I saw the sky, then I saw the ground instantly. It, It wasn't, there was no in between. I didn't see the horizon. I didn't see the trees. I was, went, it's just like, as though you were looking straight up at the sky and then straight down at the ground. <laughs> that is exactly how we came over that. And we landed with a bang. And um, <laughs> your hat ended up in the cargo area <laughs> of the forerunner, if I recall correctly. Yes. <laughs> I think you had hit your – you said you hit your head, but what I think happened was <laughs> – you, the the bill of your cap hit the steering wheel, and I think it launched your hat <laughs> into the back of the forerunner. And oh man, we came down hard, and the belts were squeaking. I mean, we definitely hit the bump stops on the on the front end, and and I was shocked we were still moving. Um, at that point, you. And, and this is to your credit, you were still trying to run the race. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm recovering from, you know, basically getting the crap kicked out of me to be like, to try to give you directions. And so the very last obstacle is you have to pull the vehicle up and um, back it in um, to, a, to a, a spot and you have to not hit any pegs in the race we were in first place how could we not be because you were driving like a maniac and and that's to your credit i'm not criticizing you needed to drive like a maniac we were in first place we had won the race at this point and we must have like subliminally knew this because we had to sabotage ourselves and lose because i i remember saying something like okay the backup part is coming slow down but you read that at as the backup part is right here. <laughs> and I remember us coming to a dead stop and me saying, no, 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 go up more, go up more. <laughs> and we pulled up and as we were backing in, I thought we were clear of the stupid little peg with the string on it that we had to back into and the rear tire just knocked it over. And that was 15 seconds right there. But, um, and then we corrected 
and then we hit it again. But at that point, we just I think we were still in shock from the impact. Of I, the I, definitely, I definitely was. So <laughs> so I wasn't speaking directions clearly. You weren't taking directions clearly. <laughs> it was, but, uh, but I mean, we walked out of it laughing and, and everyone there like said like multiple witnesses and it wasn't just a thing said we had come up off that thing like the dukes of hazard two wheels in the air and we came down hard uh, like th- that your forerunner's engine was just <laughs> squeaking spitting dust i think the fan hit the shroud <laughs> and you haven't completely sur- sur- surveyed the damage but we we hit that thing way too hard that was <laughs> And it was amazing, and it was the most fun ever. But, uh, oh, man. And, and to cap that epic story, our time was beat by a guy that is naturally deaf. Um, yes. And yes. Was, was blindfolded driving, was taking uh, uh, course change directions by his passenger tapping him on the shoulder. So... Yes. Um, if if that says any anything about how bad a job we did, that uh, that somebody that uh, has a real life disability could outdrive us. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's a disability. He probably has a huge advantage over uh, us. Good, um, apparently, good. he does. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> We're just, you know. <laughs> but but he did an amazing job. Um, I mean, being deaf and then having you know having them take away one more sense from you, and just having to rely on someone tapping on your shoulder, um, that 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 worked out really really well for him, and and uh, you know certainly a well earned. Now I don't know if he was in first. He he did not, not get did not get first place, but he uh, okay. he finished very well. So. Who was the winner? Who was the first winner? I mean, we should uh, at least say who won. Jamie Murphy and uh, Todd Shirley was uh, was given giving him directions. So, but uh, okay, ja- Jamie's the one that uh, that ended up getting the best time. But what one more story from from our side of it? My my wife had enjoyed riding with my son so much that that she uh, she wanted to take her turn at driving and and wanted me to to guide her through the course and uh it it turned into just kind of the epitome of our relationship um of me, <laughs> me giving her directions oh, and, no. and her not listening <laughs> love you uh we uh it, through through one stretch of this um there was a uh there was a couple of different mud holes and you didn't have to go through them they they the only thing you had to do was go, go through these these checkpoints and uh somehow or another my wife found her way into the the middle of the the biggest mud hole mud hole on the course so we 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 obviously got stuck had to stop um i put the uh put the fj in the four-wheel drive and without thinking about it uh told her to to just give it h until we got out um in not thinking about it both windows were rolled down and to make a long story short um i wound up with gallons of the stinkiest mud on the planet now coating the interior of my fj cruiser so um 
we we had a ball, but we we uh, we're gonna have months of cleanup to <laughs> to get all that mud cleaned out of all the cracks and crevices that it got got to inside the truck. Yeah, I think I think uh, she learned that important lesson about rolling up the windows. Yes, and we saw you guys in the mud hole, and you were struggling, and you were trying different things, and and you wiggled out of it. I mean, you didn't have to get pulled or anything. Definitely hurt your time. Might it might end up to be the worst time, but um, we we were wondering if the windows were going up because you guys were arguing <laughs> or because of the mud. Little of both. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, I don't think it would go any better in in, in, in the car with my wife. So, <laughs> um, but that was a great time, and and I think that that was a great way to kick off the day because it lightened the mood, and and everyone was just having fun. No one, the 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 cool thing about the blindfolded race was no one really cared if they won or or lost, and and everyone tried to win, you know. But but no one really cared. It was just a fun, lighthearted thing. Sure. And it's the kind of thing I would like to see at more events. And I'll probably steal that idea from from you guys and, and run with it. But of course, you guys were doing it, you know, as far as I know, before anyone. So um, I, I'm sure other events do it too. I'm not picking on anyone's event. I hope no one takes that the wrong way. But no, what a cool idea! Uh, blindfolded race with a spotter you know on, on a little obstacle course and of course it doesn't need to be real tough obstacles you don't need to go rock crawling it's just enough so someone who's stock or someone who's built can 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 run it and certainly they did it was, it was a good time it's a good start to the day yeah um, uh, far far more people <clears throat> pardon me far more people ran ran the course than what uh than what i had anticipated and in talking to to people that had had attended the event when they'd done this in the past, it's always been that way. You know, pe- people show up to watch, and once they see, you know, two or three other people do it, you know, well, I'm going to give that a shot, you know. So, uh, the uh, like you had mentioned, the sign-up sheet the night before only had a couple of people signed up for it, and as it turned out, uh, probably five or six times that more that many people ended up uh, ended up running the uh, the course. Um, after the fact so uh but yeah i'm with you it it was a uh, a really cool thing and and uh, i'm glad i got to do it a couple of different times and and glad the wife and i were able to uh to get out and get her behind the wheel and and enjoy it and that kind of stuff so yeah you got to have a bonding moment <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's what we'll call it sure yeah <laughs> uh, and then after that um I think, uh, well, we were talking about running a trail or something, and, and we weren't really sure, so we just started kind of wandering around, and then someone had mentioned they were going to go look for an old prison. Well, and, actually, uh, we, we started out, uh, there there was a group of guys that I don't get to wheel with very often, and, and uh, they were all heading out, and a few of us thought that we were, we were going to find a trail, um, a, a particular trail. Well, as it turned out, part of the group thought that, and part of the group thought something else. So, we uh, we weren't actually looking for a trail. We just wanted to. There, there's a state park not far from Winrock called Frozen Frozen Head State Park, and uh, some of these folks just wanted to go to to Frozen Head and uh, check out the park and and just have a picnic, which is is what we ended up doing. Um, 
including crashing was it somebody's graduation party or a birthday party or <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did but but they were super friendly um we we came up on a pavilion and we pulled in and they said well we had rented the pavilion but we're only using a couple of tables so if, if you guys want to use a couple of tables go ahead and the, and they gave us some hamburgers and some hot dogs that they had left over and everybody was super friendly it was really nice yeah it was it, it was really cool how it panned out um everybody just kind of it gave everybody a chance away from the event just just this group of people with us uh, how many folks were there would you say rich 20 20 um people and probably about a dozen vehicles i i would say about 10 10 12 vehicles yes yeah. it was, it was yeah. a... but uh it, it just gave us the opportunity to uh to just kind of visit with folks and uh there were uh there were a couple of different people that were, were really enamored with your FJ Cruiser. I know you spent a lot of time showing people different things and, and uh, going over different things on, on your truck and that kind of stuff. That was that was all really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone loves talking about their own truck, and, and I'm certainly no exception. And uh, so we got to talk about some some mods. And, you know, I looked over some other people's. Uh, now, Jamie's got a, is it a GX470? Uh, yeah, he didn't have it there, but, but, uh, he's got it. Uh, he a, owns one, right? Yes. He had, what was he driving there? Uh, third gen forerunner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we, we talked, uh, we, we talked, uh, about that a little bit and I, I got to mingle with, you know, uh, of course, you know, I'm, I'm a stranger in a strange land. I know, you know, when I come to these events, I know, you know, a couple of people, um, and, and as I go to events in the same region of the world you start to see the same people and so it it, it it's cool how it grows from there um but essentially in this crew i knew you your son your wife and i think that was it i didn't know anyone else and everyone was just super friendly super welcoming hey do you want a sandwich you know do you, do you, do you need something to drink everybody's just you know you're there and 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 you're part of it and and i think that that's something that isn't um, now I've been to very few events, but I have been to some where you don't know anyone you've bought a ticket, you've come up there, you know, and, 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 you know, some people are, are, you know, deal with things socially better than others. When you go to an event and you're by yourself and you're just counting on your wits to maybe make a new friend, someone else bridging that gap and going up into you and say, Hey, you know. Do you want to come hang out with us or do you want a hot dog or, you know, whatever they say, do you want a beer? <laughs> um, <clears throat> really makes all the difference, you know, because you feel like you've met someone, you know, someone there now. So um, <clears throat> at, at, at g I didn't really feel like I was um, worried about, you know, not knowing anyone and, and no one made me feel as though I was an outsider and, and everyone had, you know, we had something in common, which was Toyotas. So that that's great. But, um, you know, there's still people out there who I think don't like to go to an event unless they know anybody. And I think the best way to get to know people is to go to an event by yourself because you will definitely make new friends. Sure. The folks at, G at Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride were no exception. I mean, Southern hospitality is there. Uh, and I've spoken about that before, how I love traveling to that region of the United States because everyone's friendly. You always make new friends and <clears throat> you'll continue to come to events and things like that. So um, for someone who's, you know, um, 
never heard of this event or never thought about going, um, believe me, if you go just get in your, your Toyota and drive over there, you will leave with new friends and, and, uh, you'll have no shortage of activities and, 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 you know, your, your group definitely, you know, conveyed that to me. I, I was made to feel very welcome and, and, uh, felt very included in things, you know, no one really just lets you sit in the corner and be a wallflower, you know, unless you're that grumpy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, lunch was great. We, we, the, the park was beautiful, although I think we were too busy chatting to really look around the park very much. And I think the kids and the dogs went and played in the water while the adults talked about Toyotas. Pretty, pretty <laughs> I much. I think that's kind of how it went. Yep. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So a good time all around, just in that section, and then from there we went somewhere else. Yeah, we a, a couple of guys had had brought up going and uh, checking out something that I wasn't even aware was in the area. Um, uh, it was a uh, a place called Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, a a an, an old state prison that that's. Uh, obviously closed we didn't just go check out a a, a, (laughs) an operating operating prison yes (laughs) but uh we 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 went to to brushy mountain state prison and and i don't know who reached out to who but um they managed to uh to actually get us access to to the grounds of the prison um we, we weren't able to get in you know inside but uh we we climbed up to uh what would you call that where we were up there taking pictures rich the A guard tower guard tower yeah um we, we were able to access things like that and look around and and the the gentleman that let us in had absolutely no qualms about answering questions or or you know kind of giving us a, a little bit of those of us that weren't familiar with it uh a a, a, a history of of uh what the prison was you know and 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 that kind of stuff and it uh i i'll be honest i was a little let down when when we didn't go trail riding but boy getting to see that and and experience that like i said i I didn't even know the place existed um that really made up for uh for not doing a trail ride on saturday yeah i agree i i enjoyed visiting that uh, very much and <clears throat> the funny thing is is every state in the union has little places like this that are sort of hidden away um, and the story of behind this was uh, that the man who shot uh, Martin Luther King um, was not only there but had escaped from there and uh, the story is that he did not make it very far because it's some rough country around there and actually um, one side of the prison is actually just cliffs there's there's not really much of a wall there it's just a cliff that you can't go up so pretty cool um now um i'll find the the guy's name um james james earl ray so yeah he had shot Martin Luther King, he was put there and it was known to be the prison where the worst of the worst went and uh, it was a one-way journey for many, many people. Uh, <clears throat> I believe it was only a men's men's prison. Um, I haven't seen anything to the contrary. Um, we could see death row from the guard tower and uh, all the razor wire was still there. So it was apparently built in 1890 
and then shut down in what 2009 i, I think like that's that. what they said yeah it was oh nine. yeah and and again it was the last stop for a lot of people now they say it's haunted um just looking around it uh especially the the section of it that you can tell was built in 1890 uh is very very creepy <laughs> okay yes, yes. Uh, and you can see where sections of it have been modernized but of course i imagine that back in the late 1800s that was not a fun place not that any prison is fun but as far as staying in prisons go it didn't look like uh it could have been very fun it looked like it could have been very hot and very miserable <laughs> um, because i'm sure they didn't have air conditioning back in 1890 and uh that tennessee sun sort of just beats down on it so um <clears throat> but the guard tower was there and we we went up in the guard tower and we looked around and um you know saw some of the stuff apparently they have uh ghost tours there or haunted tours where they'll take you for a tour of the haunted prison um <clears throat> you know and i'm not i'm not much of a spooks and spirits kind of guy but that still sounds like fun you know something to do absolutely uh, so just a cool little gem hidden away in, in Tennessee there. And, and sometimes, you know, when you're in a local area, you, you don't really realize what's around you. Um, and you can find these cool things. But you do have to dig sometimes. I, I don't think old abandoned prisons are the kind of thing that people really advertise. Right, right. You know, I don't think, you know, uh, uh, see, see, you know, uh, a billboard in the town square, you know, come, come visit this place of misery and horror for a lot of people, <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> it wasn't wheeling, but, um, you know, that's kind of also, if you're into the overland spirit of things, that's kind of what you do is, is that exploration of an area. So that was cool. Yeah. We, uh, e even after we left the prison and, and took a slight detour again to, to go check out the graveyard, um, Oh right, you know, the 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 prison graveyard and, and see the monument. Um, you know those those folks that that died in prison. They they didn't uh, they didn't give them grave markers and that kind of stuff. They just put a rock at, at the headstone. And at some point, somebody decided to to make a monument. They just went around and, and collected all these rocks and 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 made a monument out of it. And even those, even though these folks were were in prison for for probably you know some of them pretty pretty heinous crimes, um, for me it was somewhat sobering to uh, to see that monument and think that you know uh, they didn't get to go home to their families and that kind of stuff. They were just just buried in a prison graveyard in in uh, the the deep woods of or the mountains of Tennessee. You know that uh, that was kind of a sobering experience for me, but but. Uh, cool to see nonetheless yeah it was probably a a, a, a tough area of the country to get in, in in trouble in uh whether and and i'm sure justice might not have been as fair back then as it was as it could be now um but who's to say um now the story with the graveyard was were the bodies exhumed or did they just move all those little stones and make a monument uh to be honest with you rich i don't i don't know on that um, yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that part of the story. And I was just kind of curious if, you know, what had been done with the actual remains, if they're still in there. Did they even put them in a coffin or did they, did they just throw them in there? I think they have to. I don't, I don't think you could just chuck bodies in the ground, right? Well, you know, back then they would have been wood, wooden coffins and, and there wouldn't probably wouldn't have been much left any anyway. I I, uh, I didn't hear that side of the story. So um, yeah. I, I can't. We could. 
we could Google it. We can Google it. But uh, for 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 anybody that's that's going to go check out Winrock, um, whether it's for an event or or just uh, just go check out Winrock. This all this stuff was what rich maybe eight or ten miles from the campground. Um, it wasn't yeah. uh, wasn't a real long drive. So yeah, yeah, I would I would say if if somebody was in the area and just wanted to take a you know after a couple of days of uh, trail riding or wheeling or whatever, uh, if you just wanted to take an easy day and just check out the surrounding area brushy mountain state penitentiary uh that's brushy as in you know uh hairbrush brushy uh brushy mountain state penitentiary throw that on your list um definitely cool to to check out definitely has a creepy feel to it so uh <clears throat> you know if you're into uh hauntings and, and haunted places and things like that i think you would uh you're you're the right kind of person to go visit here but uh yeah, I mean, it, it definitely. Uh, again, I was was a little let down that we didn't uh, didn't hit any trails, but going and going and checking that out uh, sure made up for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's beautiful countryside. The cliffs surrounding it, and we got some nice photos. We'll we'll post them with the uh, podcast uh, on social media on Facebook, so uh, everyone can see what we saw. Absolutely, but. Uh, Moving moving on to something a little more uplifting than than uh, than an abandoned <laughs> haunted prison, prisons haunted, and graveyards. Haunted prisons and graveyards. Yeah, we uh, we got back to camp uh, <laughs> it, it, just in time for uh, for the big night of of uh, most events, and and that's that's the raffle night. And with uh, with G. Smitter, that was that was no exception. Um, before the raffle. Uh, what, what did it, what did you think of our our catered meal the the night of the raffle, Rich? Well, you know, uh, uh, up up where I live, um, good barbecue is is hard to come by, and so when I when we came back to the parking lot and I saw a, and smelled the smoker fired up with uh, you know fine meat products um, doing their thing inside, uh, I was I was pretty pretty excited for the barbecue, and it was great. Um, in fact, I, you know, if I didn't have to keep moving around so much, I might've even had seconds, but I think if I had seconds, it would be straight to nap time for me. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we've used the same, same vendor for our, our barbecue supper on Saturday nights for, for many years. And, uh, they, I've never been let down with it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm a, a barbecue connoisseur by any by any means but uh it was uh it didn't let down this year either so yeah yeah good stuff and um so um once once the everyone was done eating uh you guys kicked off the raffle which was uh that really was the rest of the night right there was was the raffle um and um it, it was it was fairly well organized and i think the the way you guys grouped smaller prizes into a single prize was was good it made a ticket worth it um for one dollar a ticket i think it was it was a fair price and and uh people were able to get enough chances at items uh you know without having to take out a small loan so i think i think that was great and it looked like the um, amount of tickets sold was was nothing to nothing to laugh at. I, I think you guys went 
I think I saw you guys go through a few rolls of tickets. And as an event organizer, this is the kind of stuff I notice. <laughs> you know, like, well, how many rolls of tickets are we going through? That's something we are we're talk we always talk about at our events. You know, do we have enough tickets and and stuff like that? And so you you guys definitely burn through a couple. Um, and I don't know how many are on the roll, and I'm not even going to speculate. But uh, and it's none of my business. But but you you guys certainly had a lot of people interested, and you guys had what uh, compressors? You had a couple of winches. You had a, a full set of five Pro Comp tires, which that is no small prize right there. Uh, any size you wanted, and I mean, if you think about the the price of uh, five 35 inch or or larger tires, that that's a that's a hefty prize right there from Pro Comp. That was really nice. And, um, gosh, I can't even remember all the stuff you guys had. You had a couple of different high-lift jacks and, you know, all kinds of, you know, good off-road-related products, a couple of awnings, things like that. Anything stick out in your mind? Uh, the, the the Pro Comp tires were, were probably one of the big prizes. We had an ARB fridge that ARB donated. Oh, um, right, yeah, the fridge. Uh, like you said, we had, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, three or four winches, um, a uh, set of upper control arms from JBA off-road. Uh, just what 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 I consider to be some some several big ticket big ticket items. Uh, I mean, I, I I I'll admit I'm probably a little bit biased, but uh, because I was on the the raffle committee, but. Uh, I, I thought that we had an absolutely spectacular raffle this year. It, uh, I, I'm sure there are events that that uh, that have bigger raffles, but for for as much work as we put into it, I I think that it was uh, it was pretty special. Did you play the raffle? I was uh, somebody else bought me some tickets. I did not buy any myself. Um, kind of for the same reason that you have stated in the past. I didn't feel that it was that it was appropriate we don't have any official rules against it or anything like that but uh i didn't didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to buy tickets so i i did not but uh, uh my buddy hunter bought me a few tickets for for using as payment for using my trailer to uh to go rescue his 80 and uh i did not win anything so my uh, <laughs> my losing streak continues but uh, <laughs> well you won something at our 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 event so i think that's it that's your one year that, that, that's my uh, one time yes yeah that was that was your one time for this year and then eh, now next year you have to win some but um well maybe in a future event you'll you'll get lucky again um <clears throat> but well that sounded awkward didn't it uh, <laughs> it, it it'll it'll happen again at some point but uh. <laughs> but all that aside um i i think um yeah i think you guys handled it as as well as it could be handled and, um, you know, that it, it was really good to, um, see, you know, so many happy people. I mean, there was just prizes just going and, and, um, people were, were, you know, not the usual drama over raffle prizes and, and things like that, that you see at some events, there was no, you know, problem people and, and and things like that so that was that was really nice to see because it's just uh you know too many people take these raffles way too seriously i i agree completely but uh yeah for me uh, you know a lot of people the raffle is a is a big part of the event and uh 
because of my my epic losing streak it's it's gotten gotten to be less of a less of an important thing for me but uh i i still enjoy it and uh enjoy the uh the enthusiasm that you see when people win stuff and and that kind of stuff it's always always fun to uh to experience that so yeah yeah well, i had a great time and and of course when the raffle was was over uh for me uh, i had a long ride back home and and even though it's google claims it's it's about 13 hours for me um it really comes out to a little longer with gas stops because you know i have built four by four mileage right so so i i had decided to just hang out for um a couple hours after the raffle and then i was just gonna hit the road drive till i was tired and get some sleep and then continue through sunday so i was out of there um but before i left um i got to experience one of those uh tennessee storms i've heard about and uh that was uh i believe the toyota trucks and trails podcast official easy up awning was completely destroyed (laughs) (laughs) Uh, pretty much pretty much Uh, or at least one foot of it was i didn't survey the whole thing but uh this this gust of winds came out of nowhere that um you know camping gear was flying i think even a person was flying (laughs) i wasn't sure if a tornado was about to crop up but this 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 gust one gust of winds just bang like a gunshot came out of nowhere and just wiped everything and people were just running after belongings left and right and uh things were getting destroyed and so needless to say the entire event and when i say the entire event all the club stuff all the event stuff got packed in a big hurry and i feel bad for whoever has to unpack that because the entire event staff was just running around like crazy uh, and and everyone you know all the by people who were still hanging around were were helping out as best they can and you know grabbing things that were flying and and uh you know trying to help out as best they can to get to, to keep everything under control and keep everyone safe and make sure tent poles weren't stabbing people um <laughs> but uh it, it was a very chaotic few minutes there and then um it settled down and just uh settled down to just good old-fashioned rain um and it started raining and everyone huddled under the pavilion and and that was pretty much the end of the event. I don't know what went on Sunday. I'm sure there were still some people doing stuff on Sunday. But, you know, that's a travel day for a lot of people. So I'm sure it was pretty mellow. Yeah, for us, it was, <clears throat> pardon me, and, and I, I feel bad for the rest of the club because I didn't didn't get involved in as much of the, the pick up and clean up and pack up as I, I probably should have. But, uh, yeah, for the club, it was just uh, it was clean up day and pack up day and, and – uh, kind of take a, a deep breath and uh not uh not say thank god it's over but say thank god it's over <laughs> well you know i mean there's there's nothing wrong with uh being glad it's it's um it, it's over when it's over and that's not necessarily a a bad thing it's just as an event organizer you, you you're exhausted and and it's tough to um you know keep up sometimes with with everything going on and you you put months and months in planning into an event and when it's over you do breathe a sigh of relief and and you know the event was fun and you had a good time but it's kind of like you know what's what's normal life going to be like again right right <laughs> it, it really can you know even whether you're um on a team 
event planning or or you're the head mf in charge or or whatever um you you still you know whatever your role is great or small there, there's certainly that sigh of relief when it when it's over and, and you're sad just because you're not going to see your friends you know or, or whatever but um you know it is what it is and um you know at least you guys can look back and say well we had a great event and and uh, it sounds like you guys had a smash event like one of your your best uh in a, in a long time or ever or uh in a long time for sure um some some people know and and i i think you're aware of this rich that that great smoky mountain trail ride used to take place at teleco until till teleco closed and obviously with teleco closing that was a huge stumbling block for for the event itself and there there's been some i won't say growing pains but recovery pains maybe from from the fact that the event is not is not at teleco anymore and uh, we're uh kind of in a a figuring things out um you know how to how to operate the event uh, at, at a park that's that is definitely a, a popular park, but it's not uh, it's not the epic uh, teleco that it used to be. You know, for for whatever reason, um, and, and I'm not taking anything away from teleco. I, I've said before that I, I was never able to to experience teleco while it was open, but uh, there's a lot of nostalgia nostalgia involved and uh, I, I think that plays a big role in how pe- people view the event now but uh, that is a that's a problem that we can't fix and uh, we're, we're you know as a club and, and as a committee we're working really hard to to uh, make it the best event that we can in in the uh, in the venue that we have available so yeah yeah and um i think um i think it it, it would serve um the the stlca and and the great smoky mountain trail ride as as an event entity i think it would serve you guys well to remind people that yeah you started at teleco because there's still a good deal of folks out there who don't know what teleco was why it's important and we've talked about it here on the show before but we we get new listeners all the time so um and and uh you know maybe we'll revisit tele you know talking more about teleco in the future and i, I certainly don't want to drag this episode out by bringing that in but what the the story of teleco is a very important one to um not only the toyota community but the the off-road enthusiast community at large everywhere um, because it, it, it is a land use issue whatever the real story was and you know there's there's a few different sides of the story and, and all this we're not going to get into all that point is is we lost some land that a lot of people enjoyed for a long time and so the event basically moved to Winrock Park which which is a great park and and there's there's no no complaints there um, but what happened at Teleco and why it's important and, and how it affected Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride uh, is something that should be, you know, discussed. I think more people should be made aware of it. Uh, and the fact that the, the event has 
withstood losing its main venue, I think is a testament to the efforts of, of the STLCA team. Well, we, we appreciate that from, from an outsider's perspective, because it's, it, uh, like I said, there's, there has been some pains involved with having to, uh, having to move the event around and that kind of stuff. So, oh yeah, you don't just move an event. It's, it isn't as simple as just putting a new address on it. Uh, a lot of people think it is, but it is. There's a lot more to it than that. But that uh, that pretty much wraps up our our uh, Great Smoky Ma- Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride uh, 2017 or the 26th annual uh, Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride. Um, it was uh, it was a great event. Um, I I had a great time, um, even though. Uh, kind of working the event this year from a from a different uh different side was a, a little bit challenging I, I look forward to to doing it again in the future and and uh, i hope that any of the listeners that were there that i wasn't able to connect with um i hope you all had a good time um and if you you weren't able to make it this year uh you know and if you're in the the vicinity or or willing to make the willing to make the journey uh I assure you that that uh, it's an event that that you'll enjoy. So, uh, look forward to uh, to hopefully bigger and be- bigger and better next year. Yeah, and and from an outsider's perspective, I'm always happy to attend an, a TLCA event. Um, I think that it's still important, uh, despite all the the, the contra- controversies and the dissension and and um, negative light that has been painted on TLCA. Uh, and I'm giving my opinion here. I'm not expressing the opinions of uh, Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast or, or speaking on behalf of it, just my personal opinion. I, I think that, you know, us, us new waivers to the TLCA scene, uh, it's important that we recognize, you know, the importance of the organization and uh, support it and the best way to support it is to support your local branch or uh, a branch that's halfway across the country if you're me <laughs> but uh, uh, TLCA events are the roots of, of how a lot of other events started and uh, it, 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 it's a legacy that, that we have to carry if, if we're going to you know stay fans of these trucks and we want to see uh, you know that old kinds of support uh, it's easy to get wrapped up in social media and, and web forums and things like that where you're sort of clubless uh, and things like that but at one time TLCA was was the backbone of how things went there was no internet everything was by mail and magazine you know people would write questions in and they would get answered in a magazine and of course now we don't have that you you go on facebook you ask what size tires will fit on my truck with no lift and somebody will tell you you're an idiot five minutes later um it's it's a form of instant gratification so ts tlca obviously is evolving from that old model to the new model and uh it's up to us new wave uh people you know basically all of ifs toyota suv and truck fans to sort of uh, help that evolve and, and, and help keep it going because TLCA is, is, is important to the community. So that's, that's my little soapbox speech. Well, you and I have, have had long discussions about this, you know, outside of the podcast, and, and you know that I agree with you 100%. So. And, yeah, and, and STLCA is, is a very fine example of a, a functioning 
uh, Toyota Land Cruiser Association group that has survived the test of time and is still having a smash event after 26 years. Uh, and I hope that more people can, you know, get to the next Great Smoky Mountain Trail ride. Yeah, we're uh, uh, speaking for for the club. Um, we appreciate your support, Rich, and and the kind words. So it uh, it means a lot. Thank you. So when are the dates for the next one? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, I, I appreciate that you're just kidding because I honestly don't have an answer for you at the moment. So. <laughs> if you had an answer, I'd probably be a little freaked out. I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks. You guys should just all take six months off before you even think about this stuff again. I, I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to. But uh, anyway. Well, that was great. That was great. Yeah. Um, so what else we got on board? Um, I think we have to move on to the next segment, don't we? Yeah, let's get uh, let's get into a little bit of listener feedback here, quick, and and uh, that kind of thing before we before we bore listeners to death and and uh, lose a bunch of them. So no, no, this was fun. But uh, what what do we have for listener feedback? We've got <clears throat> we have some listener feedback, which is which is you know always great. Um, we um have Mr. Keith Sawyer told us a um, <clears throat> telling us about uh, how he's just gotten into the podcast he's um, on episode 27 so he's catching up we got to make some more episodes so we keep Keith you know trying to catch up um, but uh, he he's you know talking about charities and you know, we had mentioned, um, you know, uh, my club had, was supporting Make-A-Wish. Well, Keith is, uh, he was the recipient of a Make-A-Wish, um, you know, a wish come true uh, to Disney World when when he was younger. So I, I think that's pretty cool to, to hear about that. And he's very appreciative of hearing that uh, there's clubs out there that do support Make-A-Wish, which I, I think is a great charity. Uh, and we've supported uh, for years, this year being no exception. Although this year we've been going back and forth in email for about three weeks now trying to settle on how I'm going to give them the money that I want to donate them, which has been <laughs> a little bit frustrating. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, and, it, and it's been tough to get someone on the phone. But it is coming along, um, and, and, and I'm sure everyone in my club has been waiting for news on that. And, uh, it's actually been uh, moving very slowly. But uh, all that aside, uh, back to Keith, um, he's planning his first um, road trip in his Tacoma. So he's, uh, he, he has a little girl who's nine, who the doctor said have a, a year to live. So he's taking her on a road trip and he's renting a pop trailer and he's going to go visit Yellowstone and the Grand Canyon. And Keith, that's just great. I, I think it's what a cool thing to do for your daughter. Um, I, and, and we all hope those doctors are wrong. <laughs> I really hope they're wrong. And, 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 but, but what a great dad you, you are for, for, you know, not caring about that and just going out on taking her out. And, and I just think that's, that's one of the best stories I've heard in a long time. Absolutely. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll actually talk a little bit more with you about that, Keith. Um, because this is, you know, um, such a cool story. I, I, I think that I think we need to dig into it a little bit more with you. Um, Keith asks, do you have any 
you have to do this places between Indiana and Yellowstone that you would recommend. Um, Jason, that might be one for you because you're you're a Midwestern boy at heart. Um, Lord, there is is so much stuff be- between the two. Um... Indiana and Yellowstone, yeah. And I bet our our listeners probably have some really cool uh, stuff for Keith. Let's uh, instead of me doing it, let's let's throw that out to the listeners and and uh, guys. Uh, uh, in the Midwest, <clears throat> throw out some ideas and, and uh, let's get this stuff up on on social media or something. So so uh, Keith can get a get a lot of suggestions and, and make a uh, as epic a trip as he can. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. To our listeners, everyone listening now, Keith Sawyer uh, is planning his first road trip in a Tacoma. The doctors told his little girl, who's nine that she had a year to live. So he's going on a road trip in his Tacoma with a pop-up camper. He's traveling from Indiana to Yellowstone and to the Grand Canyon. And he wants to know what kind of things he should stop at with his daughter and his family, I imagine. Uh, He didn't specify, but I'm assuming. Um, Between Indiana and Yellowstone, some places he he can take his daughter on this epic trip. And you know what? I would go one further and say, uh, you know, anybody that... uh, can cross paths with Keith along the way. I think that would make his trip even more memorable. Let's let's get behind Keith on this one. I think this is an epic trip. I, I agree completely. I yes, completely. So let's let's see what our listeners have to say. What's in between Indiana and Yellowstone for Keith? And and we'll we'll um, we'll post a little up uh, on the uh, you know on the Facebook page about this when this episode goes live. Um, and that's really all we have for feedback, although that is a beautiful piece of feedback, and Absolutely. it is a big one. So I can't wait to run with that. I, I want to see uh, Keith's journey with his daughter be the most awesome one anyone ever had. Thanks for uh, <clears throat> thanks for filling us in on that, Keith, and, and sharing what you what you have going on. I know it's got to be a I, – I don't even want to imagine um, mentally, but uh, – thank you for sharing with us what uh, what you have going on um <clears throat> wow that's tough to recover from that one yeah um, <laughs> so we'll just try and and uh and walk gracefully through this uh i can't wait i i'm just super excited to see what what our listeners come back with on that um so we'll move on now to community spotlight and uh, for Community Spotlight, first of all, we want to say a big hello to Stacy Bruff for writing us in and uh, writing in and telling us about your, your 40 series and your 86 mini truck. And um, you're telling us uh, about the uh, Razorback Land Cruiser Club, which is put on by... Razorback Razor, Land Cruiser. Razorback Ramble put on by the the uh, Razorback. Razorback. Right, I'm trying. I'm struggling with the words here. Um, right, Razorback Land Cruisers puts on an event called the Razorback Ramble, and that is happening from June 2nd to the 4th, 2017. That's um, not to date this episode, which is always works against us. But we're going to try and crank these episodes out fast. That's next weekend. That's next Friday. 
through Saturday, and that is happening at where's that happening, Jason? Hot Springs, Arkansas. Hot, 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 hot Springs, Arkansas, at Hot Springs Off-Road Vehicle Park. Um, registration is fifty dollars. It looks like registration is still open. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, registration is still open, and um, we would really love to come down and check out Arkansas. I've never, I've driven through Arkansas, but I've never wheeled it. So uh, maybe one of these years, when maybe on one of our fairy tale journeys to Texas, we can swing through Arkansas on the way and hang out with the Razorback Land Cruisers. That would be a a great time. I hope someday. Uh, in the near future to make it down to hot springs that's you know kind of one of the premier parks in the country and it's somewhere that i've never been so uh looking forward to uh to making that journey at some point anyway and yeah the the, the, the there's been several several folks um lance mcswain and and uh stacy this time we we've been invited down there several times and i i don't want those folks to uh to think that we haven't haven't uh, paid attention to that, uh, you know, we we've been invited to to Razorback Ramble for the past couple of years, so it uh, it's definitely on our radar, folks, and and we will we will do our best to make it happen. So, I, I think what needs to happen is, um, you know, we 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 just travel from four by four event to four by four event, and. Uh, <laughs> cover them on the podcast that, that, that's what we, we we just we just need to get paid to do this that, that's that's the, that's the dream we just need to uh to uh get the money behind us because uh there there are still bills that need taken care of so yeah yeah we're still just a couple of guys working day jobs and of course i'm far away you're a little closer jason um, it's probably about as far to arkansas for you as it is from from me to tennessee <laughs> so <laughs> Um, but the, all that aside, um, when we're, when we say we're going to make it out to an event, we are serious and we do want to come out to as many, uh, events as possible. Uh, it's, it's getting to the point, I think for Jason and I both that we've covered all the events in our area and, uh, we're going to have to start going to events that are further and further away from, from where we call home. So um, I look forward to that. That sounds great. But, of course, um, trying to tell my boss that when I'm asking for time off is another story. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, <clears throat> pardon me, it's definitely on the on the radar and, and definitely on the wish list. So uh, to, uh, to events even further out than, than uh, Arkansas, just uh, we want to be there and, and we'll do everything we can in the future to, to start making some of these happen so we're gonna have to start skipping our own events just to go to other people's events uh, you think that'll fly uh, like a screen door in a submarine <laughs> well we'll we'll see what happens anyway <laughs> all righty well do we do we have anything else rich no, I, th I that's it for community spotlight I don't have um, any other events um, coming up um i will say that in um I, I'll, I will just throw this one out this isn't specifically toyota related but it is a good cause and it is local if you're in the northeast um <clears throat> in ne next weekend 
not not uh, this coming weekend, but the uh, second through fourth. If you're in the Northeast and the Razorback Ramble is too far away from you, uh, Crawl In for Cops, which is a charity event, is happening at Roush Creek Off-Road Park, and the charity is to help the families and uh, officers, uh, police officers who've been injured in the line of duty, uh, their families and their loved ones. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's 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 a fundraiser. Um, it is enormous. Um, it's looking to be like a 500 vehicle event, uh, not Toyota specific. Actually, I think the Toyotas are in <laughs> kind of a small group. Um, but if, if you're out there and you want to support a, a, a good cause or what we feel is a good cause, um, that that's another one. That's at Roush Creek Off-Road Park in East Tremont, Pennsylvania. And that's the second through the fourth. Very cool. And those those are always events that that uh, I like to see folks get behind. So um, yeah, definitely. And if you can, I will be there, and I will be. I don't think I'll be leading a group. I think I'm, I'm actually getting the luxury of just being able to hang back and just join a trail group and, and not have to lead or, or do anything. So, cool. Cool, <laughs> uh, cool. but I'll be there. All righty. Well, do we, do we have anything else? That's enough. I think, I think we got a pretty beefy episode here. It was great coverage of G Smitter. All righty folks. <clears throat> well, as usual, um, if you want to, to get in contact with us, you can do so through several avenues. Uh, you can leave us a message on, on our website, toyotatrucksandtrails.com. You can send us an email to toyotatrucksandtrails at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook at Facebook slash TTAT podcast. We are on Instagram at Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast. Um, we're going to have some some videos popping up on on youtube here really quick on our youtube channel uh some stuff i don't want to uh i don't want to share <laughs> yet but it'll be uh <clears throat> pardon me i think it'll be stuff that uh some of the the listeners and and uh, obviously on on youtube it'll be viewers will be interested in and and uh, some cool stuff coming so uh, make sure and check that out as well um when you shop on amazon if, uh, if you want to help out the show, please go to our website and shop through our Amazon link. Uh, as usual, Amazon gives us a little bit of cut from their side. doesn't doesn't cost you anything extra, uh, but it, uh, it definitely helps out the show. And as always, a huge thanks to our, our sponsor, uh, Southeast Overland, who does so much for the, for the podcast here. Um, but anyway, folks... Uh, <laughs> We will uh, we'll wrap it up here and uh, just thanks for everybody thanks to everybody for uh, for downloading and checking us out. Um, if uh, if you were at G Smitter, like I said earlier, I hope you had a good time. We we did our best to uh, to make sure that everybody did. And if you're looking for an event to uh, to attend next year, uh, keep it on your list. And and if you're ever hanging out with the STLCA crew, be sure hello to Andy. Yes. But, uh, Rich, if that's it, we'll, we'll close things down here. I'm, uh, yeah, that's it. Good night, folks, or right. good day, or good morning, or whatever the heck you're doing. I, I'm with you, Rich. But uh, <laughs> as always, folks, however you go about it, get out and enjoy your Toyota.